0: Military Advisory Group, MILGP. Furthermore, the necessarily secret nature of those groups has kept them far out of focus, even though everyone who has written about these events knows they played prominent roles. By far the greater reason for the continuing obscurity of the Americans, however, lies in the fact that the U.S. government did not release any documents concerning its role until I, perhaps rashly, decided to spend what became the equivalent of three years, actually spread out over five, in the tedious process of prying these documents out of their secret files through various procedures established for that purpose. Should any young scholar or writer be tempted to try this route to gain quick publication, let me cite two letters. One is from the State Department saying, My appeal of June 3, 1992, for release of certain documents, had been granted. This letter is dated November 18, 1996. Another was a letter from the National Archives that brought me part of the material I requested on September 5, 1991, dated June 21, 1994. Two requests, one to the House of Representatives and one to the Kennedy Library, though many years old and after frequent reminders, have still been neither granted nor denied. Nevertheless, despite the ponderousness of the process, a huge number of secret documents have come to light, and as they have, the U.S. officials involved in the capture of Che Guevara have stepped out of the shadows. Within our story of the struggle with Guevara in Bolivia lies a sub-theme about the role of diplomatic establishments, notably embassies and consulates. It has particular relevance at the end of the century when their functions, all but unknown in much of the United States, have nevertheless become the subject of intense scrutiny in the smaller world of foreign affairs. Furthermore, with the end of the Cold War, the foreign affairs community, Congress, the executive branch, the press, universities, and think tanks, among others, has also begun to question seriously the role of intelligence in U.S. foreign relations, especially the part played by the CIA. The U.S. government's interaction with revolutionary Cuba, including its response to Guevara in Bolivia, provides some useful, if far from conclusive, data for this debate also. I will return to that subject at the end of the narrative. Many people and a number of institutions have given me invaluable help in writing this book, although none bear responsibility for its content. I am especially thankful to Clare Hall, Cambridge, where, as a life member, I can return at will. Consequently, I spent two summers there writing much of the text. I am also grateful to the Institute for the Study of Diplomacy at Georgetown University, where I spent approximately 18 months working on several projects, including this book. The Foreign Affairs Oral History Program, a service of the Association for Diplomatic Studies and Training, also aided me greatly. That program provides an ever-growing and invaluable collection of interviews, based on the careers of U.S. officials who have served abroad. I am very much indebted to Senator David L. Boren and Congressman Dave McCurdy, then Chairman of the Senate and House Select Committees on Intelligence, respectively, and to Senator Sam Nunn and the late Congressman Les Aspen, then Chairman of the Senate and House Armed Services Committees, respectively. They proved to be very effective advocates on my behalf when the CIA and the Army apparently got the notion that the Freedom of Information Act no longer applied to them. I want also to thank those persons who have reviewed parts of the text while exonerating them from any responsibility for what has ultimately been published. They are Wayne S. Smith of the Center for International Policy and Johns Hopkins University, Dolores Moyano Martin of the Library of Congress, a friend of the Young Guevara in Argentina, Douglas Henderson, U.S. Ambassador to Bolivia, 1963-1968, to 1968. Charles Grover, Chief Political Officer of the U.S. Embassy in La Paz, 1966-70, to 70. Major Ralph Shelton, retired, leader of the Green Beret Detachment sent to Bolivia in 1967, and an anonymous former CIA official. All have also provided me with interviews and information about materials and sources. It is traditional for authors to thank families, especially spouses, for their patience. In addition to tolerating a husband engaged in what others consider a thoroughly boring pursuit, my wife, Patricia, has done many of the chores of daily life, not only keeping us fed.